0: Okay, Um, we are now on on the mic. Welcome, this is Joaquin with the Truth in Cannabis podcast today. I am actually coming to you live via um, Instagram, and we're going to be recording this podcast. So if you want to check this podcast out later, um, find us at the Truth in Cannabis podcast on Apple Music, um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the whole nine yards, and we will be there. We're going to be talking this one today is going to be about... This week in cannabis, I'm gonna go ahead and start this um, podcast today with uh, our actual Farm True update. So this podcast today is brought to you by Farm True. We are a proud American hemp company. Um, We're really excited. We're about to be making a couple more changes on our website. Stay tuned for some free shipping options. We're pretty excited about that. Um, We wanna give you a quick update. Our harvesting has been officially done. Great job, Manny. Great job, Lucas. For coordinating the whole shebang, we know it hasn't been easy. Manny, you've been busting it out there all week in Artesia, helping other farmers um, to implement our processes on their actual um, harvest process. We're using a machine harvester. We are actually pretty excited about the machine harvester and some of the innovation that um, our team has been able to put together with that. Um, Lucas, Manny, again, great job. So, yeah, the harvester... um, we had trucks and trucks of hemp going out to the dryers, the machine dryers. Um, we got the um, hemp is all bagged up in in separate lot numbers, biomass, um, flour. As you guys are all experiencing right now, everybody's either um, drying or harvesting their hemp. Some people in Colorado, incredibly, I've seen um, snow on on in many places north from us already. It's crazy to see snow on some of those crops. So we are like, wow, okay. Um, New Mexico's still hot, so we're not even tripping about snow yet but it's it's incredible to see that you guys um keep pushing through it with the cold weather and with all of the weather um just trials and tribulations that everybody is going through right now. we feel you we have our own um separate issues of adversity that we overcome with the New Mexico weather. It's been fun, though. Um, Again, those of you who are listening, you are listening to the Truth in Cannabis podcast brought to you live by myself today. I'm Joaquin Acosta with Farm True. Um, We are actually live. Please uh, talk to us on Twitter. Talk to me right now. I will try to see if I can respond and make make any sort of response to this. Um, But we will take questions either now, and if we can't follow up, we will follow up later. Um, Yeah, uh, this is... Our, our live segment, again, of the Truth in Cannabis podcast, coming to you with a quick um, update from Farm True. This podcast is, again, brought to you by Farm True. We are a proud American hemp company, and we are just um, excited to talk to anybody in any way possible um, about the hemp farming process, about the cannabis industry. Um, we're going to be going ahead and getting after it. So um, this podcast, again, I'm going to be talking about this week in cannabis, Um We're gonna be going over a couple different things. I saw a a interesting story about the hemp market, um, some stuff coming from the American Trucking Associations. Um, A little just touch on some of the cannabis um, business industry that's going on right now. Um, We're just gonna, yeah, what's up guys? We're gonna uh, go ahead and go over this. So um, yeah, without further ado, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and start now. Um, The first thing I wanna talk about article off of um, successful farming successfulfarming.com it's a it's a report it, it does indicate that the hemp derived cbd market could be worth 23 billion dollars by t- 2023 um, they calculated this down to the uh, uh, dollar amount per acre at the farm level and according to them that works out to $40,000 an acre at the farm level Um, but there was some interesting other numbers on the report that I do want to touch on so that you guys can see. Um, again, we are going through this week in cannabis, um, on the truth in cannabis podcast to you brought to you by farm true. And we're just going to be going over, um, some industry actual, Um, articles and new space that we want to comment on and we want to just uh, increase the conversation on again so yep thanks for joining guys this is Joaquin Um, so again we're going over hemp derived cbd market could be worth 23 billion dollars by 2023 72 percent increase from last year Um, in the united states the hemp cultivation landscape study estimates that over 285 thousand acres of industrial hemp were cultivated in the u.s this year um, what you do see positives and negatives from that is that, yes, everybody went all in yes it 's super exciting, but yes, there might be a lot of rotting hemp this year. There might just be a lot of hemp that nobody had any idea or any plan for, so um that's <laughs> that is a a big thing to comment on. We hope everybody finds an outlet for their hemp and for their um for their products, whether it be um to manufacture processors on toll deals or straight out to the brokers or to straight boutique flour, whatever you guys decide to do with your products. Um, We really do hope for the best, but yes, that number 285,000 acres of industrial hemp cultivated in the US this year quite impressive. So I hope to see all that hemp be able to actually land in a product line. That would be amazing to see it. Um, but I mean, the reality is it's probably going to be that there's going to be a lot of hemp going to rot this year because, um, people are having issues all over the place. Um, not even, not only to just talk about in New Mexico, but everywhere it's, um, crazy. Yes. Hemp plastics. Yes. Jennifer. Um, I totally agree. That should be a great innovation. We don't know of a lot of people who are um, able to process in, in sort of these different, um, new industries. It's going to be awesome to be able to see all the opportunity come, um, from, from this and from some of the garbage and the mold and all these other products, the hemp stock, everything is just so, such strong material that we can really use. Um, be, I'd be really, really looking forward to seeing, um, uh, uses for the, I guess, product that isn't, that people aren't necessarily planning for product that maybe goes bad in some way um, that you can make use out of it and be innovative in another way. Hemp batteries, haven't heard of that one yet. Um, that's awesome. So you fuel the you fuel the batteries with hemp, or how would you how would you how would you talk about that one? Just curious. But anyways, we'll take a note for that next time. We might even make a post on it ourselves. Um, that's that's awesome. Love to talk to you about it as well. Yeah, what can't you do with the plant? Incredible. Um, so yeah, guys, we're we're just talking a little bit with you guys about 285,000 acres of industrial hemp that was cultivated in the U S this year. It's incredible. Um, the report suggests that about 87% of hemp acreage will be used for CBD processing this year. So that's the big, that's the wave of 2019. That is the rush that everybody's in, um, CBD, um, processing. Everybody wants to jump in the CBD market. Everybody has a plan. Um, FDA might have another plan here in a couple months. We have really no idea. It's going to be pretty cool um, to see how it all plays out. And so we're we're just going to be we're going to be here for the ride. Um, with the it's scary to see the um, false health claims that are out there with CBD products and some of the negative things that contribute to the negative stigma of. Um, cannabis products of CBD products in general. So, um, as part of this podcast and part of our mission as Farm True is to help, um, just really bridge the gap between, um, alternative medicine, plant medicine, and to be able to, um, just open the discussion for, for promoting, um, positive health, um, with cannabis and with medicine in general. So again, um, we got 285,000 acres of industrial hemp cultivated in the U.S. this year. 87% of it is um, ideally going to be used for CBD processing. Um, processing can either mean manufacturing into a crude oil, into a distillate, into an isolate, um, actually hanging, drying, and curing the flower, using that for a boutique flower, um, whatever you might be using it for, guys. So um, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, let's go ahead and lay over the numbers. We've got... Um, we're going to break this down on the state level, at least just from the actual um, hemp, cultivation land state, hemp cultivation landscape study itself. It laid out that estimated Colorado is growing the most hemp in the United States this year with an estimated 42,500 acres. That is very impressive, Colorado. Well done. I. Um, I hope everything works out perfectly. And Oregon, you are up next at 29,859 estimated acres. Montana, third, 29,400 acres. That is incredible amounts of farmland, guys. Like, that is incredible amounts of hemp that is, that is out there right now. Tennessee, you're on fourth, 20K acres. Arizona, 18K estimated. Uh, I heard from the New Mexico report that it's about 5,000 acres. Um which is still pretty impressive considering there's about 8,000 acres or 7,000 acres of green chili that are planted in the state. So 5,000 to 7,000. I mean, that's pretty impressive for how quick that happened in New Mexico. Um, so, really, again, we're just going over Colorado is growing the most hemp in the United States. I mean, probably a good idea to be growing hemp in Colorado because if you're battling the laws I'm not sure how how all the legalities work in Colorado but if you are battling the laws of um, hot hemp and those kinds of genetics I I wonder if it um, is a little bit of a smoother transition if you are in a state where cannabis is already legal um Uh, just yeah just food for thought so let's talk about a little bit um more on the numbers here on this report farmers are spending on average 300 to 350 dollars an acre on fertilizer um but some farmers spend as little as 85 dollars. some farmers spent as much as a thousand dollars i'm not sure where we came in on this on the financially reports ourselves i know lucas does a great job in managing um as an agronomist as um a farmer himself he he has taken really good care of us and his processes and in, in being able to incorporate um not only the right fertilizers and the right pesticides, but um I believe he's been managing cash flow pretty well too. So uh well done. Toots to you, Lucas. I um just pointing that back. Um so it also points to um a couple topics I want to talk about here. It says four risks of hemp cultivation um as discussed by the um Hemp Cultivation Landscape Study Analysis. And so it breaks it down into four categories, difficulty finding clones or feminized seeds, um, the lack of processing equipment, causing it to be a labor intensive crop, um, the lack of traditional markets, and cross pollination and pollen drift issues. Um, We have probably ran into a few of these issues ourselves. Um, I'm sure every farmer has in one way or another. So let's go ahead and talk about it. So first thing I wanna talk about, the difficulty in finding the right clones or feminized seeds. Um, you see some of the really scary stories from being ripped off by um, clone providers or or whatever in whatever capacity people have had these experiences. So, um, or by seed people, you guarantee ninety nine percent feminized seeds, and then people are getting fifty fifty male female. So it gets, um, I guess, a little bit more riskier when you do not know your source when it's a new emerging market when everybody's an expert so um, of course that's a huge thing because without the right genetics without the right clones you are in in a world of hurt and so already when people do not necessarily know the optimum um, genetics for every environment I mean maybe Colorado and Oregon probably are not even maybe but these guys are ahead of the curve for everybody but their environments are very specific Colorado with a very short grow season Oregon it's Coastal crop or coastal 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 environment, so it 's just going to be different and um, we looked at a report from I think it was North Carolina State University. They were saying how um, the thC levels in the same genetics um, actually are are varied based on the altitude, so the plants that were grown down at sea level versus the plants that were grown up in the mountains just in North Carolina had very very different one of them was testing hot and one of them was fine so um it's that's just part of the, that's just part of the risk. That's part of what um, people do not know right now on where um, some of the cannabis plants are optimized to grow and where you can actually establish the right predictability um, in the nature of your crop. So um, yeah, anyways, um, next one I wanted to touch on here was the lack of processing equipment, um, causing it to be a labor intensive crop. You have seen this, um, on many different scales, people, um, on Facebook groups or LinkedIn, people are asking, Hey, 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 we need labor. We need labor. We're going to have $15 an hour for trimmers. Um, we, we need 50 people. We need this, that. Um, so labor and, and equipment definitely is, um, another, I guess, funnel point where it's just like, um, holding people up. And so, um, for us, we've worked through that because we had um contract labor that um were pretty good and reliable. We did have to help um teach them a little bit first year and and help get them trained, but they uh did a good job and we are we are thankful for their work um equipment wise um converting farm equipment that's traditionally using for used for chili into um a hemp process is something that we have done um, it hasn't been easy, but these guys, it's something that, um, our partners, Lucas and his family do all the time. And it's just where their brain thinks and does well. So I'm sure other people have had plenty of their own innovations and I have seen it not only from the hanging and drying processes, but from the harvesting processes themselves. I mean, some people are sloppy, but some people are really, um, really finding new ways to, to be efficient. And we want to commend that as well. Um, so all these things, in my opinion, the risks um, for hemp cultivation also bring some of the most opportunity in the market and the business itself. Um, the, third, the third risk, as we talked about um, already, the risk in clones, the risk in labor and equipment, the f- third risk uh just the lack of traditional markets. Um, so that does present a challenge for farmers because you're going into a crop and you're planting without any sort of outlet at the end, you're, you're expecting there to be something there for you. And some farmers who are not traditionally um, business people are just putting it in the ground and it's scary. Or even if you're traditionally gonna have that business mindset and put the business plan behind it, um, you're still gonna be out there looking and competing with everybody else who's doing the same. So um, the lack of traditional markets, um, again, creates opportunity, but again, it creates risk because you don't want to be holding onto your product for too long because the goal of it was to obviously profit off of it. So, um, be interesting to see how that all plays out. Be interesting to see the new innovation, but I, I truly personally believe that a lot of, um, the hemp is going to be able to be scooped up and be able to be used for something. Um, if anything, we've got a lot more oxygen pumping back into the air than, uh, last year with 285,000 acres of hemp being grown um, uh, said hemp takes like four times more carbon dioxide out of the air than a tree or something like that with those facts so at least at the very least we've helped with the environment great job hemp industry I commend you um, last thing we want to talk about here was co- cross pollination and pollen drift issues um, some of the risk with that um, easy to talk about because say you have a neighboring farm. Um, You have a neighboring farm of male plants that pollinate a female plant and you're not expecting that to happen. You want your female plants to just grow for flower. You want them to put all of their plant energy into um, growing a nice beautiful bud. And sometimes that's not gonna happen if you're next to a male crop and um, you start impregnating the females. And yeah, exactly. So um, it's just the the mating market. And if that's... um, if that's something that you're trying to do, you do not want males next to your crop, and there's been issues in states and in certain counties in particular that um, are actually banning some of the cross pollination um issues so it's interesting to see how it all works out pollen drift um other chemical drift from like roundup we saw that in you know a small portion of our field that was next to a neighboring chili field that just that hit it and it was a bummer because you saw like i don't know 10, 15 plants have this. Um, this chemical scarring and so those weren't able to be used and so it is what it is Um, so cool I'm just kind of going to be actually wrapping up the first topic there about um, our This Week in Cannabis news segment so again for those of you guys listening um, this podcast is called the Truth in Cannabis podcast brought to you by Farm True Um, we are a proud American hemp company and today we are just um, actually having our first Live podcast on IGTV, and we're actually bringing it to you live. So, um, again, follow us on Twitter at Farm True. We'd love to be able to chat with you um, and bring the discussions into a more formal place with thoughts and topics and and everything. And we'll line up um, more as we come along. It gets busy sometimes because we all work um, full time corporate jobs, but we love this and we love what we do. So, we are going to be passing this. As much as we can and having hopefully a weekly IG live podcast and we are gonna be actually just rolling out um, other podcasts with guests as well so I know I've reached out with you guys um, a couple of our followers about um, podcast following up and so we're excited to hear a little bit more about you guys and share as well Um, thanks for tuning in Um, again this is this week in cannabis I'm gonna be talking about a new topic now guys it's actually Um, coming from trucking.org. So the American Trucking Association actually, um, had a, a big opinion here on the matter of, of marijuana and cannabis, and they want to take a common sense approach to cannabis. So I kind of wanted to shine a little light on that. Um, they're hoping to help the industry operate, um, the cannabis industry. Um, their really goal is to maintain the right, um, to test for cannabis in, um, in the drivers in impaired drivers, but they also are understanding that, um, the impact of cannabis impaired driving cannot be understood unless you are actually, um, studying and researching it. So what they're saying is they want to lift restrictions on the cannabis research. Um, they want to see the, uh, the United States actually, um, start, um, pumping some more research. So the American trucking association, um, they're, President and CEO Chris Speer said, the American Trucking Association has been an advocate for reducing impaired driving in all its forms. So it only makes sense that we would call upon state and federal governments to consider the impact of increased use of marijuana on our road rates. So they want to lift federal restrictions on research and I I commend that. They wanna see some oral fluid testing and impairment studies on, um, on cannabis and cannabis impaired driving, marijuana impaired driving. Um, they're proposing that this compensation fund um, should be paid for or will be paid for by cannabis industry operators um, being dispensaries cultivators manufacturers so the business giving back to actually um, promote the legality and promote the the right way to do things so we we really like to see that we like to see the American Trucking Association actually have a, a good stance on this. Um, they are seeing more than 93 million Americans live in a place with adult legal use cannabis. So um, to, to actually get some um, oral fluid testing and, and impairment studies right, it would be awesome to see you guys. Um, and the last thing they do want to create is a marijuana victims compensation fund. So that's um, another important thing that we do like to see. Thank you for all those who are joining in, uh, today. Um, this is the, again the Truth in Cannabis podcast to you, brought to you live on Instagram, and we're going to be we're going to be able to follow this podcast on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're going to uh, actually just be able to be available not only just from the instagram live that pops up in 24 hours so um this is joaquin coming to you today um with farm true we're, we're really excited to come to you today so please listen to this podcast on your drive um on your morning commute at your workout and we're just going to keep reporting on interesting cannabis um topics we're going to give some opinions um and this this podcast is called the truth in Co- truth in cannabis podcast for a reason guys so um We're gonna be bringing you guys the truth. Another quick thing that we do wanna touch on as we get ready to wrap up this podcast today, um, Mad Men Enterprises, they actually terminated a deal with Pharmacan. It was supposed to be um, like the biggest cannabis deal last year reported. Um, It's interesting to see that um, they had a mutual decision to um, just terminate their deal. So crazy, um, crazy to see that. We are looking a little bit also at some of that black market and scary vape gate stuff, everything that's going on with, um, the scary industry, popcorn lung. I mean, a lot of, um, just keywords that are scary right now in the cannabis industry that increase the stigma against um, cannabis products, um, specifically stemming from the vape products and black market products. Um, it's, crazy. Um, We're talking a little bit here. Cushy Punch is a brand in California. um, Apparently a pretty big cannabis brand. They were found to have um, like millions of dollars worth of illegal vape cartridges stored in basically like illegal facilities that were not their actual licensed manufacturing facilities. Um, They were performing manufacturing allegedly in facilities that were were not licensed by the state of California. Um, It's just interesting to see. The normal director of California, Alan Komp, told Leafly that the trend of companies selling products illegally started happening when California's pesticide regulations kicked in. So these products, that cushy punch, apparently was... Um, Also allegedly selling or manufacturing had contained heavy amounts of pesticides So as we do know from our end pesticide removal in cannabis products in this plant material is extremely expensive costly and I I Think it's just a pain in the butt in general. I haven't done it myself Um, But basically those products wouldn't have passed the state test and um, That's where people in the black market starts to swallow people up and that's where health problems start happening. When people are ingesting pesticides and people are, um, vaping these things or consuming them in some other way. And then all of a sudden you see that the health crisis and you see, um, all these things happening. So, um, exactly. Yeah. People are recording bad cartridges from dispensaries and how does that happen? It's like when brands, um, like this are doing kind of illegal things, side things to, um, not be wasteful or something in their, in their eyes. It's, 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 yeah, it's bad. Um, the ethicalness there, it just makes the industry just look very bad and it's, it's silly. Um, so again, um, from the truth in cannabis podcast, uh, we do really, really want to promote everybody to work with their state legal processes to understand the right things, um, to understand, um, and try to push for a gold standard with um, starting starting at the farm level and onto the extraction manufacturing level. We hope to see everybody adopt um, clean processes and clean ways to do things. And we hope that there becomes good channels for, um, for people to offload product that um, needs further processing or further refinement. Okay, so we hope to see that um, improve in the industry um, going out. So be careful, especially in the, um, upcoming months with there's about to be a boom of new products that you've never seen before cannabis wise. And it's going to be crazy. Um, exactly why it's important to research your products and COAs and post your product testing, etc. Exactly guys. So that's just, that's where we want to be with that. Um, you guys need to verify your COAs. There's going to be a rush of new products. It's going to be, um, It's, it might be just making you dizzy by Christmas time that there's 500 different cannabis products to pick from when you already, there's already 500 different cannabis ones now, but there's going to be new places popping up in your towns, in your cities online. You're going to see it everywhere. So yeah, you just want to encourage great product use. You don't want anybody to be ingesting pesticides, putting heavy metals or toxic toxic chemicals into their bodies or into their bodies of their animals or their families or loved ones, um, that, that would be absolutely terrible. Um, so let's all do our part to stay smart, to do what we want to do, um, is, is promote the conversation. Okay. So, um, any questions you have on, um, a bunk product or something, feel free to reach out to us. We will try to do our best to follow up and, and to look at it. Um, and if you do have any questions about interactions with cannabis and your medications, if you have any questions, um, in general, we I'm a pharmacist, we've got three pharmacists on our team. Um, we will do our best to get back to you. We'd love to um, even try to schedule a one-on-one talk um, if somebody is um, having that sort of need. And yeah, we, we wanna promote the reach, guys, um, from from every aspect. So at Farm True, we. Um, we see the, the hemp cultivation process and we actually um, get to be good participants on the backside as well. So um, we really appreciate that. Again, this, this uh, is the truth in cannabis podcast. This is our this week in cannabis segment. We just went over some articles and some um, conversation in, in this week in cannabis, some of the hemp industry, cannabis, CBD industry. Um, this was our first podcast live um, from IGTV. So um Please, if you didn't get to tune into this podcast um, now and if you're just joining me, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This should be posted up here pretty soon. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, anything else? We are on Twitter at Farm True. Talk to us here. DM us. um, Anything. Yep. You guys take care. Have a great day. I'm signing off now. Okay. Peace.